Welcome to the 315 Podcast. It is good to be with you. We are a podcast as an extension of Jackson First Baptist Church, where we discuss topics through a biblical worldview. And our topic today will be on Bide, Do or Don't. It's your choice to participate or not, but we are going to examine the life of Peter in a recap of uh, what we did over the weekend with our student ministry. Chris, what a great weekend we had together as we spent time with our students and uh, it's good to be around the mic with you. Last, last week I, I did a podcast talking about the particulars of abiding, talking about how that when you come to know Christ, you follow him, and that next step is to abide, which is remain in him. And I thought it was very interesting that while I was getting ready to do that for our adult ministry, that the Lord had really put it on your heart uh, that the students needed to understand the abiding life. And as our topic says, do or don't, uh, how, how did God lead you or what, what made you just really want to bring that out? For me, in every you know big event or decision we're making, as far as it goes to ministry-related, we're praying through it. Uh, we may even take a time of fasting um, and search others to help us in that process uh, to get to the point. But we had, um, I had just finished up uh, teaching through uh, the book of Hebrews, and we'd gone into our summer, and as we were coming out of the summer camp um, and wrapping up our summer in general, uh, I spent the end of July praying through what what this event could be, and uh, then I took a step back, and it was in that time the Lord was kind of revealing where our group was. Um, our youth ministry had kind of transitioned to uh, a, a large uh, senior class that had just graduated to a new incoming middle school uh, group that was large, but the issue that kept coming a little bit forward was uh, practical faith and in a connection to to the Lord. And so we uh, had already planned to teach through the book of James. And so in the fall, we taught through um, all of James. We did some evangelism training in there as well. But uh, it was in that confirmation in the time that we spent with the students that the Lord just impressed that, that foundationally uh, they needed to be connected to him and, and not just superficially or a knowledge of who he is, but actually have a a healthy relationship with the with the Lord. Well, uh, that has been so well for us. Again, folks, you you heard uh, Pastor Chris talk about how be connected with the Lord. That that is what we all particularly emphasize all the time is coming into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And we'll talk more about that for the end of the, in the podcast. But then out of that, foundationally, learning how to abide in the Lord. Mm-hmm is what most people never connect with because they think it's all on them. Uh, you and I both have just finished reading Andrew Murray's a little small booklet about being in the vine. And in one particular chapter, and I want to give a quote from him, he said this. He said, oftentimes we come into that relationship with the Father, but somehow it doesn't last. We, we go for a minute and then we forget. We, we, instead of beginning each moment being reminded of the joy of abiding relationship, we get up and forget that, and what ends up happening is we almost feel feel helpless. And, and you know, in in your own life, uh, this it's a, a daily joy once you figure out what it is to, to walk in that abiding life. Yeah, and and you you brought it right forward. It is that give and take because uh, some sometimes uh, when uh, we're new to Christianity, um, we may look to others and see what they have. And like, why don't I have? You know that. Why am I not experiencing that? And it's because of our approach to mm-hmm. to the Lord, and and uh, in that process, 
if we're not careful, then we get defeated when we're like, okay, well, obviously I'm not good enough for God to speak to me or for me to hear from him. And it's, it's not the case. Sometimes it could just be the practical aspect of it. And we'll, and we'll get into some more of that today too. But also I, I think part of it is, is out of a brokenness of our, our birth, even though coming to Christ, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same way in our earthly relationships. Uh, you know, we just assume, you know, like you and I, sometimes we may go two days and not talk to each other and then just dive right back in. Yeah. And, and that's okay for us because I don't get my power from you and I don't get my direction, nor do you from I. I mean, we come together in fellowship. But it has to be different with Jesus and so sometimes I think we apply our earthly relationships as if, it, if that's all it means to abide. But it's so much more than that. Yeah. It's overcoming the uh, circumstantial approach to God as if, you know, those different things that happen is what drives us to or, or pulls us away from. And instead of it being a, a total connection, and you're right. And then, then out of that as, as well, I, I find myself saying, is he worth every day coming and abiding with? And I, I folks, I want to tell you, you as as Pastor gave the title today, do or do not abide. Your your issue of your salvation is not in question at that point because grace did all of that for us. We come into the vine because of Christ. He invites us in. He makes us new. But then we have to choose. Uh, a sports fan would say you may have to buckle up your spiritual helmet all the time. But as you get in the Word of God, as you walk in Christ— you learn to do that, but it's also the, let's talk about this a little bit. I had to come to the place, just as we're going to talk about Peter in a moment. I had to come to the place that I wanted to know who he was, and and at at the foundation level, that's where it begins, isn't it? Yeah, it is because you know when you're presented the gospel, it can be overwhelming, and as the Holy Spirit's revealing Himself to you, and you realize, okay, I, I'm a sinner, I'm separated by God. He sent his son, Jesus, who died on the cross for my sins. If I place my faith in that, he says he'll forgive me. And, you know, on, on the surface, that's like, that's awesome. That's the best news because it, it overcomes the bad news. And, but after that happens, then what? If I, if I experience that, then is everything going to be that from here on out? Or um, will I still have hardships? Will I still have pain? And how does Jesus help me through that? And and that can be a battle for a new Christian. It can. And, and could it be, too, that we sometimes not intentionally do a disservice when we're presenting the life of Christ that we're to abide in? Here's what I mean. Uh, you know, we tell people you don't want to go to hell. You're yeah. a sinner under the wrath of God. All that is true. But if you know, if, if it's just to get the pass, to get the ticket, for a lot of folks, I'm going to heaven. And they say this, there, there must be no more to it. So I've got mm-hmm. that in check. I move on to the next thing. But that's that's not how Christ presents himself at all. No, I mean, when he even called his disciples, it was follow after me, come mm-hmm. after me. He goes on later to say, take up your cross to follow me, meaning there was going to be sacrifice to be made in order to be one of his disciples. Um, so I think sometimes in our you know, preparation and our soul winning training, um, we can fall into the trap of just saying, hey, you know, you, you want to be out of hell. You don't want to yeah. die and spend eternity separated. But um, if we only present that part, we're not necessarily presenting the best part. Yeah. And that is a life with Christ. It, that, and that is the do part. Yeah. And, and I would say to young parents uh, to do this, my parents didn't do it. My mom did a lot of it. My dad didn't know to do any of it. When I came to know Christ, it was as if that was the achievable moment. Mm-hmm. 
And so my parents did not. My mom kept pouring into me scripture. We've talked about that other other podcasts. But there was no one in, in our church who either understood it or grasped it to take a hold of someone and walk them from that infancy stage all the way up through spiritual walking, maturity, and walking with the Lord. So I would encourage young families uh, that if you are really saying, I, I want my kid to be a uh, follower of Christ, that's you should want that. The Proverbs is clear. The Bible's clear of that. I want that. But don't. that's just part of it. You want yeah. them to grow in, in, in Him. And for that to be the case, a mom and dad has to be that primary caregiver and walk alongside. And so we choose even that. Do we help them abide? Yeah. Is it something worth wanting to partake in because uh, I think that it was about my first year, I think, here um, at the church, and I was going through my preaching schedule uh, with you, and I, I shared with you, you know, you know, every point I want to present the gospel, especially on Wednesdays because we have a different crowd, and, and you had asked me, you go, um, uh, it was, do you want them out of hell or do you want them to walk with the Lord? And, and um, what are you giving them that's worth continuing. And, and it kind of really shaped how I presented the gospel from then out, but not just articulating it, but how is it modeled? Yeah. Um, and, and making sure that I'm doing the best to apologize when I need to apologize, um, sharing what I'm reading in the scripture and in the joy of following day to day with the Lord and modeling how I minister. But um, it's not just for that for us, but also in the home. How am I doing that in front of my boys? How am I doing that uh, with my wife? Um, that they would want to abide as well. And as as you do that particular piece of it, it just kind of just flooded, as you talked about, that flooded in my heart. You know, the Bible says in Romans 8 that we're joint heirs of Christ. That text can also speak about, you know, we, we have the same access to the Father that he has mm. because of him. But also it reminds me that he's my older brother. One of the things that I loved about my childhood, my brother's 12 years older than me. And from the time that I was a kid, he cared enough about me that he he stood in the gap for the places where my dad worked all the time. Jesus is my older brother. And if when a body relationship for me is about walking with him, talking with him, leaning into him, and it would be wonderful if, if he was God in flesh still here now. He is God in flesh in heaven. Yeah. But he, that's why the Holy Spirit is there in the Word of God, and we'll talk about that a little more. But, folks, I, I, don't want, I want to make this statement at this point. There's no life like the abiding life. Day in, day out, you're still going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. But to know that, that he never leaves you, he never forsakes you, he walks with you, he's your comfort, he's your joy. And we hope today, as we lean into some of this by an example of Peter, that we can help you. Uh, to say, I want to walk this journey myself. And so, uh, Pastor, as you know, as I shared with the kids uh, in that first lesson on, on Friday night, how that there are four things about people's lives. All of us are born with a physical life. Uh, you just you just went mm-hmm. back down and up, back down, back up to Indiana. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Kentucky. That's that's where we lived and moved and began. And mm-hmm. so, everybody that's listening has that that life together. But we're all born without a spiritual life. We know that. We don't have a connection to Jesus. But we also are born with a soul, and that soul is going to live for eternity. And so, and then we said this, that when you become born again, you have a relationship. But all of us have a life to live. And so, but we believe that God calls us to live that spiritual life. And so Peter was one of those people, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a disciple that was called by Christ to not just... 
uh, continue the life that he was going, but the one that God had set for him. And, and the good thing about this is, you know, it says, or as you went through with the students that were born uh, without spiritual lives, but he gives us that life. And, and it goes beyond what maybe our expectations were or what we thought could be or what may be um, and sets us on a new path um, for his glory. But, you know, as you mentioned a second ago with, uh, you know, I traveled back to Indiana and, and we had a chance to catch up a little bit. We talked about, you know, it's amazing on where God took us from to where he's brought us to. And, you know, I enjoyed the time, got to spend with my grandparents, got to spend with my aunt and uncles. And, uh, but just as I'm taking in and processing and, and the memories start to flood, I'm like, oh, God, thank you. Because mm-hmm. where I'm at now, uh, I could not be on my own or, or even any remnant of that. And, and so when he gives us that life and he calls us to something bigger than ourselves and, and he does have a unique calling for all of his um, children. And, and when you take that in and you start abiding in him, when you look back, you're like, that's crazy. Yep. Like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? I couldn't have done it on my own. It, it had to be him. It all points to him. So that he would get the glory, and I wouldn't be boasting on myself like, look, that's look right. what I did. It's It was his salvation, but also his calling. And folks, hear this clearly. An abiding life is a measurable life. Yeah, You literally can look back and see where you were and the steps that God took with you. Many, many people hold on to, on to a moment. They hold on to a decision without the measurable marks, and because of that, they never really know. When I look back, as you do, to where we were when God reached down for me at seven and said, I want you to be my follower, from where he took me on a path, many times I tried to abide in myself. But God said, no, I have a better life for you. And I, I love I love it when we were going to get the life a little bit and we were going to talk about a life bigger than you can imagine. And that was our last session with our students. We were trying to expose yeah. them to that. But, but folks, I, I don't know where you are now, but I know if you're in Christ— you're, you're not where you would have been, and that's a blessing, and so praise the Lord for that. If you're not in him, we hope you come to him. But we're going to walk through just the life of, of a Peter, and uh, Peter was a guy, as, as I did the re- did some research, had some help from different sources. Uh, he was a boastful guy. He was a strong guy. He was born into a fisherman's family, uh, and, and that fisherman's family had been generations. Uh, he was married uh, when Jesus called him. His wife traveled with him. And he, he was just a common guy. Uh, in the book of Acts, I, they, they comment about him and the others, said they had no formal training. Uh, they called them ignorant to the things of, the, of, of theology and religion. But the, they, they were people that God spoke to their soul. He spoke to their heart, and he said, come and follow me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 brother, talk for just a moment. What does that feel like and look like when you come and follow? Well, I think for... Me, the salvation one um, part of, of my testimony uh, was unique in that because it was like come out of death into life. And so that calling was like, wow, a, a weight re- released. You know, it was it was just awesome to step into the new life. But the the follow me now in, in what we are tabling through the, the lens of abiding um, into your calling. Now, that one was scary at first because it was like, okay— if I'm going to go into full-time ministry, there's going to be radical differences in what I wanted to do to, to now. Uh, and, and so for me, it was a little bit of 
are you sure? Like, is, is this it? Like, uh, what, <laughs> how, and, and all those things, just the, the emotions. But then, then there's in the same moment as you searched for confirmation, it was, it was without any other piece that I can explain except from the Holy Spirit that Amen. was saying, this is it. This is what I'll have. And, and I'll be with you. Um, he was following him to his presence. Are you saying, follow me to, in, into my presence? And, and I'm going to make you, you know, fishers of men yeah. for Peter. And for me, it was, I'm going to make you a pastor. Yeah. And, and for so, other, other people, it, it's, I'm going to make you a parent. I'm going to yeah. make you a truck driver. Uh, but, but you're walking in an abiding relationship. I, I know this, friend, whatever your vocational call is in your life to do in your life, many people don't ever hear this. God wants you to abide in him. Yeah and how he created you with your talents and giftings. I mean, for me to, to be a scientist would be crazy because that's not my gifting. But at the same time, for a scientist to say, well, he's called to abide, and that looks like being a preacher. I, I got to do that would be crazy for him. Peter began to be a follower because Jesus said, come and follow me, and then I'll send you out. And I love this. The Bible says in Mark 1 and 18, at once they left, not just Peter, but also Andrew and then James and John, who were their partners in fishing, they left and followed. I love this. I wrote this down, and I shared it with the kids. Simon began his life as a sinner living a physical life who came to be saved to follow Jesus still as a sinner. And that's important for you to get in the abiding life, to come and follow. We come and follow this God. And and I asked the question, and, brother, you can answer the question if the Lord leads you. Why would anybody want to abide with Jesus? I think... You have to process through the the bad before you can get to the good. Like if if I'm revealed of who I am apart from Him, then then uh, you know the practical side would be okay. Well, if that's what helps me, I'm I'm going to want that. But the Bible also tells us that it's foolish to the unbeliever, and so uh, when the Holy Spirit reveals it and it becomes real to you, then it's like okay, well I don't want anything else. I I would want that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit, you know, emotionally different. Well, can you can you imagine uh, being, and I did did some research. A fisherman in that day, their their language would have been foul. Uh, mm-hmm. They were not allowed in the temple oftentimes because of being ceremonial unclean. Uh, they lived a life as a loner. Uh, I, I suspect probably, and again, it's my uh, just thinking through it. I probably didn't hear his dad say very much. I love you. And then all of a sudden, this man comes that you've never met, but for them, they knew about that the Messiah was coming, and we'll see that later. But here they were, and Jesus says, come and follow me. And the next thing you know, he, they find out that he loves them. Yeah. For, for me, as, as a man growing up in a dysfunctional home where my dad was physically abusive, and hearing him say, I love you, while at the same time beating me, it was the most wonderful thing to find someone, a God who really unconditionally loved me uh, as I was. And folks, as you listen today, some of you are looking for love. And, and when you come to Christ, you find an unconditional love, a God who took your place on the cross, and, and he gives you something. He gives you a spiritual life. Yeah. I mean, to be able to look at something uh, and, and not want to be crooked, not to be underhanded. Uh, I, I love, and, and I've ne- never had alcohol uh, but I, I've talked to so many who have. I love waking up every morning and not ashamed of where I was the night before. And that's not me, because that would not be me. Yeah. 
that's that for me. That's the, one of the great reasons why I want to follow Jesus. Well, and it's the life abundant that He offers us. Mm-hmm. It, when it's His life that He's that He's given us. Because if we do go to our own side, I mean, you you'd mentioned um, to the students, and then here on the podcast again that yes, He was a sinner who followed Christ, but He still is going to make mistakes that's right. along he's, the way. He's not going to be perfect. It's not that God makes us perfect, but uh, instead He takes away the weight and the guilt of our sin, and gives us a new life to walk with him, and Christ's righteousness is given to us as well. And that is so important. Uh, quoting again from Andrew Murray, he said this, you will still have your nature that's altogether corrupt. Mm-hmm. It'll always rise up. It'll always try to discourage you. It will, it will always try to keep you from unbroken fellowship with God. But when you walk with the Lord, there's nothing that can come between you because he's there with you. And I, and I love this. I reached, and I've read it many times. I wrote a book, actually, on the Gospel of Mark. But to realize that at the early stages, what they were doing, brother, they were they were coming back and forth with Jesus. They'd be with him on a short-term mission trip. They'd be kind of like us in the summertime, yeah. taking folks. Then, they, then they'd go back to their fishing business. But then there, there came that day that it went beyond a call to walk with me to a call to really let me mentor you. And that was that's a major move in abiding with Christ. Yeah, it is. And so we know in Peter's life, it wasn't just the follow me, but God was going to utilize him in the group of disciples for something even bigger. But it doesn't mean along the way that Peter wouldn't make mistakes. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, we, we know that um, there was times where his temperament could have got the best of him. There was times uh, when um, his lack of understanding got the best of him. Um, and... Uh, you know, there are times where it may have been better to not ask the question than to ask it out loud. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm not sure, but but we know, you know, as we look through his life, I think what makes it relatable is sometimes you can see yourself in a lot of wow. this as well. Because uh, I know in, in my uh, journey, there's been times where, you know, I've had anger or I've had uh, the confusion as well or, or whatever it may be, um, but still knowing how to come out of that now and and still be able to find peace that I'm not defined by the failures um, that God can still be working through those wow. as well. That is so true. And did you folks hear that as you're listening? We're not defined by our mistakes. We're, we're defined by Christ and our relationship with him. And God has so much work for us beyond that. I, I love when you get to, to Luke chapter 5, as Luke gives the account, where that uh, Peter and the guys were back fishing that caught nothing all night. Jesus is, is walking by now. The crowds are everywhere around him. It's out in the open, his ministry. And he gets through teaching, and he tells them, go back out in the deep. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, as we think together uh, about abiding relationship, there are levels of abiding with someone. Uh, I can remember a few weeks ago, you and I were talking. I'd been to Africa, got back, and then you got back. We finally got to sit and talk. And I, I think I'd stayed a little longer than I intended to, and and you and I can see, and it's excellent on your shirt right now. You, you said, you said, and I, I apologize. I said I've been, I've stayed too long with you. And you said that's what friends do. Mm-hmm. And and folks, if you don't have that kind of relationship with Jesus, you are missing it because there are times when that's just what friends do. Uh, and, and Jesus said, go out deeper. And there, that deeper level is not the superior level. It's a deeper level of knowing Him. Yeah, and God has to take you through some things, doesn't He? He does, and and it's a key to know that it's a it's a back and forth, it's a, a speaking and listening. Because I think a lot of times when 
I'm trying to abide in Christ. Uh, I'm doing all the talking. I'm doing all the uh, asking. I'm doing all the, you know, it feels like at times just it could be either complaining or pleading or, or that stuff. But it's not until I find the ability to be quiet and Amen. listen, uh, listen to his word, listen uh, in meditation or maybe to another person that he's equipped to deliver the message for me uh, or through like a, another pastor or, or whatever that may look like. So when I'm wanting to connect to him, if, if I only am the one that's doing everything, um, not, not meaning we don't put forth effort, but we also have to get out of the way that's so right. that we can hear his answer and read his answer in, 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 in his word uh, so that that relationship builds. And, and I'm not, you know, it's not like a time constraint where I'm like, all right, I'm only going to give God 10 minutes today or two hours or, you know, it's, uh, I forget who the pastor was. Um, but there was an evangelist that came through our church and, and he said that what he does in the morning is that he will sit in his prayer closet and he won't leave until he gets, he hears from the Lord. Mm -hmm. He said, some days that could be 30 minutes. Some days that may be three hours. And he goes, but I know that I can't be of any use until I've heard from him. Amen. And and so I know as we're connecting uh, with you guys, you're like, well, I can't give three hours. Well, uh, the the main point here is, are we doing an effective part of also listening and, well, and hearing from? Yeah, let's let's stay right there for a moment. Dig a little bit deeper, uh, because we cannot sit there in the Word. Yeah. But as you go and do your job, folks, you're carrying Jesus with you. I love when my dad would carry me to work when I was a boy. I get to go at Christmas time, and I would get uh, I would get to go a couple times in the summer, and I and I felt like I was closest to my dad uh, when I was in his environment. Yeah, the Lord Jesus is never closer to you than when you let Him into your environment, because it's really His environment. And so I, I believe this that when when particularly guys when they come to that next level, it's when they go to the deep to realize He walks and talks with me all the time in, in every every day of my life. In this particular sense, he said, go back out in the deep. And Peter said, Lord, we, we fished all night and caught nothing. Yeah. And you're telling us to go again. But what he did not realize was Jesus was now in the boat. And, I, and I, you need to hear this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that if Jesus is in the boat of your life and he's the Lord of your life, where you failed before, you will find success. And so they get to catch this great uh, catch of fish. And, and then Peter hears those amazing words. It says they were astonished. That word in, in the Greek I shared with our students is the word rima. They said, this is a miracle of God. I want to tell you, a man loving his wife as Christ loved the church is a rima, a miracle of God. Amen. A, a student that was being abused and mistreated who now in their mind has authority is the rima and miracle of God. And I just want to tell you, do it. Let him have the lead in your life. And, and so they had this great catch, and then Peter, excuse me, Peter was called from that moment on to go and catch men, and his life forever changed. And so as we pause here for a moment, that's God's way for you. And some of you say, well, I, I, I've tried that, but I've blown it. Man, you, you, you taught the, the students, uh, Pastor, about what you do when you blow it. And yeah. that, that God, God's not through with you then, is he? No, he's not. And, and what I ended up doing um, as we walked through uh, Peter's journey, um, and uh, I titled my lesson to repentance because eventually it does lead to that, uh, was I was working through the context of when he denies Christ. 
And, you know, in the Gospels, that's mentioned in all four accounts. Um, and there's some good collaboration there. But also uh, in those accounts, it, it gives a very important of someone who is in a prominent role, someone who is a leader among the men who uh, God had done some mighty things through, or uh, Jesus had done some mighty things through. He had sown the transfiguration. Uh, he was in the inner circle. Um, he did a lot. And and then later he was on, yeah, he was following, he was abiding. And then later on, um, he was said that, you know, I'm going to build the, you know, the church and, and you're, you're the guy, Peter. Like it, it's, you have all of these unique things, but then there becomes a pivotal time in, in his journey. And what we see here in that account is, uh, as they're sitting around and, uh, he boastfully says, you know, you know, I'll always love you. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be here. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. And, and, you know, we kind of see some of his pride in that moment. Then he, he, uh, Jesus follows that up and says, before the night, you know, dawns or before the roaster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And you're like, what? <laughs> I can imagine Peter, even in some of his self, you know, um, he was thinking, not not a chance. There's no. Well, he way. says that in John yeah. 14. If they all deny you, I won't. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to be there, and I'm going to do it, and you know, and even when they come to take Jesus, he cuts off an ear. Right? He's he was he was a bold man, but then then he does it, and 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 it, it kind of takes you back because you're like, you know, why? Um, and and I know for me. I had a professor in college who made this statement. He said, never underestimate um, what someone's capable of doing or what they will do. The depravity of man is what he called it. Um, And don't underestimate what you'll do. Mm -hmm. um, Because at the end of the day, we're all sinful men. We all started at the same place. And um, we still um, have that you know, willingness to go back to it if we aren't abiding. If we can, if we are disconnected in that time, and we'll we'll do that, and and so I've thought in the, in my past of seeing, you know, but I'm not as bad as other people, or uh, I won't do what they did, um, but then I make a mistake, and I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> you know, does that disqualify me from what I'm doing? How do I come out of this? Am I not as good? As, and and so for me, I start rambling questions of you know, how lowly are you? Like, how messed up are you? Are you, you're supposed to be this person and and the devil uh, can beat me up in that way. Um, But I think it's, it's important for us all to understand that as we mentioned earlier, our failures don't define us. It is Christ. Amen. If he began the abiding work, then at the same time, he sees it through in us as well. One of the things I'll always go back to now that I know in the abiding life, I go back to and I think those things that you know I've, I failed, I've, I've broken. I go back to Ephesians one four, which reminds me, Jesus knew all of that before He said, "Follow me." Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. it's like He knew that that we were going to do that. Uh, he, he knew that, and He still loved us, and He says, "I'm going to walk you through that." So, I First John one nine is in the Bible. It's for Christians when we confess our sin, He restores us to that. And so Peter went down. I mean, he denied him three times. Yeah. Uh, and I, as the students are sitting there hearing that, as you talk about, they can identify with that. Yeah, it's relatable. Yeah. 
we, we identify with that. But, folks, the abiding life is not just a life on the mountaintop. It's a life down the valley. Mm-hmm. And so some of you may be going through that now, and you need Jesus as much there as you do on the mountaintop. And so I don't want to encourage you just to lean in with us and find out what it is in this abiding life. And then then the Lord restored him, didn't he? Yeah, he did, because, you know, after he denied him three times, the rooster crowed, and Jesus looks upon him, and, and immediately Peter uh, looked on, and then it says he wept. Now, the wept in that passage isn't just a, oh, man, I got caught, or, oh, whoa, oops. It was like a devastating loss and overwhelming cry. Um, it, he was broken. Yeah, he was he was broken. Um, and and I think, uh, you know, it's there's a difference in I'm ashamed if I got caught or I'm actually ashamed of who it hurt um, or, or what it's done to others. And sometimes we don't get to that brokenness because we're not actually realizing um, the effect of it or, or the pain of it. Instead, we're, well, I can get by because it's not really hurting anyone or it's not that big of a deal, but a person who abides with Christ knows how big of a deal sin is. And so for Peter to know the denial of Christ being as bad as it is and him understanding from an abiding perspective, he would have known the devastating impact of what he just did. And so he weeps bitterly. And then uh, then we're reminded in John when Jesus is resurrected and he comes back uh, to Peter and they have a conversation and he asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? And what we're seeing in that is kind of a, a reversal of the denial to him coming out and forgiveness and, and being restored. And so we, we work through that in our second session of uh, his, when he misses the mark to uh, the weight of repentance and the process of it and and how he came out through the weeping and understanding, but also that Jesus is the one who restores. But this isn't the end of a story. We go on even more. And so um, if you want to lead us into that. Yeah, there's that there's so, so much more uh, to yeah. his story. And friend, there's so much more to your story. Amen. There's so much more to your kid's story, uh, the people around you, to our nation's story, if we'll just come into that abiding relationship. And so Peter, as you said, with the Lord, when Jesus approached him, by the way, yeah, in his where he was, he came. To, that's what God does in the abiding relationship. He said, "I am the vine; you are the branches. I and you, and you and me." And so sometimes we, God never pulls away. No. When, when we, He sometimes lets us go away, and we see that in the Old Testament. But He never pulls away. He never. He's unchangeable, and that is so important to realize who He is. But God had spoken to Peter early on. Before even this, and God knowing this would happen with him, he had said he had said to him in Matthew 16 that through him that God would use his ministries to unlock the keys to the kingdom to all the different tribes of the world, or excuse me, the different the different nations of the world. And so, but it began like this that Jesus asked him, "Who do men say that I am?" And friend, abiding begins with following Jesus because you know who he is. He is the Christ. He is the Son of God. And when you come into that relationship, now you begin to see that this abiding relationship is taking me somewhere. And and Peter did some amazing things. He preached in Jerusalem. 3,000 people got saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, a betrayer. He performed yeah. miracles. And a man who was blind was, ra- was, was raised to see, and the, the dead were raised to life. He was persecuted. He had his own miracles. 
I mean, I, I, I love the miracle when he walked out of prison and nobody believed it. And, and he, he just he produced two books of the Bible under the inspiration of the Lord. And so if God can do that, what can he do in our lives? Amen. And so as we think about what he can do in our lives, ask yourself this maybe this question, what do you want to do with your life? And, and that goes to the do and the don't. Yeah. You know, before knowing who he was, I wanted to do one thing. And coming to Christ, he was not like, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. What yeah. he simply did with me was say, here's what I offer. You already know what's out there, and the choice is yours. Mm-hmm. And I'll never be able to thank him enough Yeah, that he taught me to abide in him. And, and that is so important. And to see those kids, first of all, come to know Jesus, and then hopefully if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will come into that relationship that he is the Christ, he is the Son of God. But then you will walk into that next step of what you can do. And let's talk just a few moments about this good news of what we can do. Is there anything impossible with God, brother? There's not. I mean, we've seen um, him perform you know, different miracles, maybe not even physical, but the spiritual one of... Uh, taking someone who was dead in their trespasses and giving them new life. Um, but he's not containable. Um, he can uh, get through any any hard heart um, to restore, uh, you know, even the, the strongest of uh, sinners to, to his grace. But also at the same time, um, when he calls you to something, he's going to equip you through it mm-hmm. too when you're abiding in him. So you may be having a calling that you're like, there's no way. I can do that in my current field, or there's no way um, that I can do this at all. But then he, then he shows us and does things that you're like, only God, only God, only God, and and you become more aware of that when you're abiding in Him. Let me let me choose one that uh, just rushed into my heart. Let let's suppose you you're a follower of Christ, uh, you're you're a young lady, and you're not walking as close as you did at one time. And, and you go out and you have a relationship with a guy, you're single, he's single, you get pregnant. And I hope this applies. In that moment, you have a choice. If, you're, if you have said, God, I'm sorry that I had sex outside of marriage because we know that's not what God's plan is for our lives. And now, but there's this child that's a gift from God's creation, not because of your sin, but it's because of, of his blessing in creation. Because if you do that, God's going to bless in creation. And so you now have a choice. An abiding life would say this, even even though I failed, God has allowed this, and I can do great things in that. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's where the rubber meets the road. A lot of times we just hear this thing, and we didn't, well, I'm not called to be a missionary on a mission field, on a foreign field. I'm not called to be a pastor. So this no, this relates to me. Friends, it relates in every area of your life. And I, I just want to say what whatever you're in right now, if you'll give it to God and ask if there's sin that caused it on your side, just ask God to forgive you. He'll redeem it, and he'll use it. Mm-hmm. And how many kids are blessed by the Lord that when someone says, I can't abide in this, or, or let me use another illustration, uh, a senior adult may be listening to this today, and I'm thinking about a, a dear, precious saint of God maybe, that they're the caregiver. Their, their spouse of 40 years has, has now got dementia. What do you do in that moment? If you're abiding in Christ, you realize this is my opportunity, not my yeah. obstacle. And and there's so much more here, isn't there, brother? There is because the perspective's different. And 
And I think what's important here is to know that when you're abiding with him, you're getting um, a new way of how you look through things, process through things, because it's not you leaning on your own understanding, but you're acknowledging his ways and yep. your, as Proverbs tells us to. And so I think it's important that uh, we connect ourselves uh, through the vine, through salvation, that he grafts us in, but then we continue to trust in him. Um, so there may be some ouch moments where he cleanses us from sin along the way and he's pruning the branches. That doesn't mean he's uh, up there just excited to <laughs> to hurt or anything, but 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 that's that's healthy for us. And then as as that happens, then more fruit or purposeful production is brought forward that's for his glory, and that's what he wants in us. And so um, our careers may look different, our uh, you know giftedness is going to look different, but the product could be the same, and that's the fruit that's bearing for Christ. After Peter was restored to God, he, I could summarize it simply this way. He spent the rest of his life introducing people to his friend. Yeah. I mean, it, that's that's the story. And, and <laughs> if you ever have a friend that, that you love that much, that you just want them to be, I know whenever I'm with Sherry, I do not ever forget when we're standing there and somebody's walking by for the first time, I'll always wheel and say, I want you to meet my wife. And, and folks, as you listen today, I'm telling you, I, I, sometimes it's beyond explanation. To walk with Jesus is a life that that is so intimate that you just want to introduce him. Yeah. You, you want them. And by the way, he's such a big God. And as Peter, well, first of all, went to the Jews, and they received the gospel. Then he, he went down into Samaria, preached the gospel, then then went to the uttermost parts of the earth. He kept saying the same thing, whether Jew or Gentile, <laughs> there's neither slave nor free. All can become one in Christ. And that is the abiding life. Amen. And you may be listening and hearing, uh, hearing, going, well, you guys got it. You know <laughs> the, how to abide, but how do I, how do I get started? You know, what do I, how do I get going? Like I, I may have, um, you know, we, we talked about at the beginning that it starts at salvation because that's when you build the relationship, but then what's the next step? I think it's important to understand this, that there are tools that can be helpful. Um, obviously, we we believe you, you should be in the Word of God. You should be praying to Him. Those are spiritual disciplines that we can be connected to God. Um, but also, uh, and a, an important one is connecting yourselves to a body of believers. That's right. Um, I, we stress this um, over the weekend with the students, and uh, we do so even in our church at, throughout the year. The importance of being together, not just so we see each other, like, oh, hey, there's a so-and-so here at the church, but for yeah, the purpose is that when we gather, we're striving to encourage and push each other closer and closer into abiding relationship with God, uh, with God so that uh, when God's having, you know, fruit producing in your life, I'm celebrating all of that with you. That's right. And the same thing in my life, and we're striving and pushing each other to grow in that, um, just as they were doing in the early church when Peter was doing this, he had people alongside him. Um, that was enduring as well. And we know that with Paul and others, as, as Scripture shows us, that there is a connection there. And and so those, that's another practical step. If you're not plugged into a church, now not once every four weeks, but every week is important to be connected. Um, in, and for the purpose of I want to mature in my walk with Christ, if, if you'll do that and, and be willing to be taught how to read uh, the Scripture and be taught how to pray— then that's that's a way to connect, but um, you know, if a very practical step is just have faith. 
Absolutely. And as you have faith, you begin to abide in such a way that you're no longer, this is really cool, you're no longer a loner. Yeah. There's so many loners in the world today that have missed the joy of an abiding relationship with the Lord. And I'll, I'll never regret the day that Jesus knocked on the door of my heart and said, Keith, come and follow me. Amen. And so if you're listening, uh, thank you uh, for tuning in again this week. Uh, We hope that this has impacted you um, and maybe got some thoughts stirring in your mind. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, You can do so. All of our information is listed below on whatever podcast um, platform you are listening to us on. And again, we hope that you have a blessed day.